Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Internet. Welcome back to another episode of Real Psych. I am Dr. J.D. Barton, and I am a licensed clinical psychologist. And I am Miles McKenna, not clinically licensed in any field and have no doctoral degrees. I'm just very LGBT on the internet. <laughs> Real Psych is a new podcast where we share our gorgeously thoughtful opinions on the psychological phenomena playing out in all of your favorite movies. Hey, J.D., will there be learning? Oh, yes. Will there be science? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Will there be delightfully informal, explorational, inspirational conceptualizations from two queens who wouldn't be talking about this anyways? Your co-host is just gone for the week, and I'm here. That is exactly right. You nailed it. I Welcome. I tried. I'm not a doctor. That was really, you need you need some support to get I those mean, words out, you okay? Will, and you got them. You got them. You got them good. They got you good, gal. We just, uh, the voice you are all hearing, as he so perfectly put, is our local expert in queerness, Miles McKenna. Miles is an actor, he is an author, he is an internet human person mm. who has made quite a name for himself in many different fields uh, and seems to be good at most anything he does. So therefore, we'll see how he does with co-hosting. And I didn't even go to college. So honestly, they're letting anyone on Real Psych these days. They, literally anyone. I'm putting the psych back in Real Psych. But like yeah. S-Y-K-E. Like it's a psych, you know. Psych. Like I shouldn't be here. But yeah. here we are. Real Psych! Real psych? Yeah. yeah, we got you. Well, welcome. Miles, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Look at this. Mom, I made it. M Mom, you made it. We are real life friends. Yes. Uh, we've been we've been friends about a year. I know. How's that going for you? You that know. Emotional check-in. I would say mm. you're one of the top eight most reliable people uh, that I know. Wow. Top eight. This is a lot, and especially in front of all your friends right now, all your podcast friends. This means a lot. You know, hey, the world is listening, and mm -hmm. I'm here to say Miles McKenna gets an A in reliability. A plus? I don't know. 
We'll see. Okay, we'll find out in like 52 minutes. 52 minutes. Mm. Uh, how are you feeling? How are you doing? I'm good. I just got over being sick. I didn't have COVID at any point in time. And so I really thought this was my time to shine this last week. Thankfully, it wasn't. So I just had the flu. Who gets a COVID shot and not a flu shot? It's me. So. I mean, listen, I had a regular degular flu this in the last year that was so much more powerful than COVID. Granted, I was vaccinated for COVID, mm. so I also had COVID, and that was, like, fine. But I had a flu that knocked me out. You remember, you sent me, he sent me, like, green juices and things like that. But Again, reliable, top eight. Very reliable. Mm. Uh, no, sent me, sent me juices. I was so sick for a minute that I actually, like, was having, like, brain fog. Like, I couldn't remember what day it was. It was yeah. really... I was worried that I had lost grad school. No. I really was. I was worried. But what about the babies? They need you. The babies need me. The babies do need you. The babies are mostly all of them legal adults, but uh, Mm. mostly all. Uh, I'm really, really excited that you're here. We're going to do something a little different this week in that uh, we're going to talk... You're you're guiding this ship. You are the, the captain... Of I'm where the daddy. We go. I'm the Joanna daddy of this week. Yeah. Yes. You're Daddy Joge. I'm Daddy Joge. Uh, of this week. Um, what are we watching? Oh, was I supposed to pick a movie? Yeah. Ideally. Oh, uh, okay. Ideally. Yeah. Reliable. Reliable. Got it. So yeah, I, yeah. I have a movie. Okay. You're. I don't hurt me, but I would never. Uh, it's from 1999. Okay. Which I feel like every podcast app like. All your movies. All of our movies. You're really like hitting our sweet spot. But granted, like the world was supposed to end like Y2K in the year 2000. So I feel like they're trying to exhaust like every type of movie they possibly could before the end of the world. It makes sense. I also just think like there was a real period of time in which like Never Been Kissed came out and everyone was like, oh my God, I'm simultaneously so inspired to make films, but also terrified that I'll never top this. Top this. Top this. Top this. Top this. Gay rights. That's what they said in the 90s. That is the favorite thing for them to have said in the 90s. I think uh, mainly the question was like, now that we have Will and Grace, what else could we need? Honestly, though, Will and Grace, can we pivot, is amazing. I don't understand how there's still homophobia. Like, my parents could have accessed, like, information to just, like, treat me like a human. Through Will and Grace. I stand by it. Uh, yeah, I mean... Will and Grace was a was a, a a very important show. Super funny. The acting, particularly from Megan Mullally and Sean Hayes, is unbelievable. I think mm-hmm. two of the best sitcom performances of all time. Uh, also, though, funnily enough, like a very neutered version of queerness. Yeah, I think. Yeah. No, for sure. But like, you can watch it as like. Oh, it's a straight show with their gay best friend, or yes. it's a gay show with their straight best friends. So there's something for the whole family, you know. Oh, Grandma can really that. get in on that, you know. I do love that, and you are, you know, a a queer expert. One of my favorite Miles McKenna quotes of all time is, oh, no. "You have identified as LGB and T." But I literally have. Like, I know. Let's break it down. That's yeah. real. That is real. You break it down. Why don't you break it down? So I was L, right? Right. And then I was like, whoa. Well, first I was B because it's like, that's like what was going on. That was the and like, then it gateway. Was like, that was the gateway the drug. The gateway drug was the B. And yeah. then it was like, yo, I'm L. And then I was like, wait a second, T? And I was like, nah. And then I was T, but non-binary. And then I was like, girl, we're so binary. And then I was like, I like men. Yeah. So I'm just like a real empath because like no matter who a bitch is I'm like girl I was you you I were get it. you were and will be the once and future king of homosexual men 
That's you. Wow, thank you. Top yeah. this. Top this. Top this. That's actually a request. Mm. So, going back to 1999, all right, I have the log line for you. Okay, yeah, yeah. Or the tagline, sure. which is not going to give away the movie. It, okay. Okay, it is so, like, generic. Like, you're going to know the vibe of the movie, but just from, like, my gay ass walking in here, you're going to know the vibe of the movie that I'm picking. Okay. The tagline, I doubt you're going to get it. It is a true story about finding the courage to be yourself. 1999. A true story about finding the courage oh. to be yourself. Okay, I think I'm pulling some context clues, though. Yeah. So, I think you had, you had proposed two weeks ago on the, on the thing that we do, like, an old trans movie to look at, like, you know, they said gay rights, mm-hmm. uh, and what is it? And so I'm thinking it's got to be, in 99, my first guess is going to be Million Dollar Baby. No. Oh, that was 2003 or four, right? Also, is that a trans movie? I've never seen it. Oh, no, Boys Don't Cry. That's what I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, Boys Don't Cry. Hillary Swank. The other Hillary, Hillary Swank. Swank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Boys Don't Cry. Boys Don't Cry. I'm terrified. I've never seen this movie. Really? And I know it's devastating. Yeah, so trigger warning, um, we will talk about sexual assault, there's okay. violence, um, and it's a true story about Brandon Tina, who was a trans man. Yeah. And I picked this for a lot of reasons. I mean, one, I have a trans experience. Yeah. I've actually only seen this movie once, and I watched it before I was out as trans. Okay. I've not seen it. Yeah. Uh, I know it's very intense mm-hmm. and sad. Yeah. That is the preview that I have. Yes, of this movie. very intense, very sad. Hilary Swank won an Oscar. She won Best Actress, which is one of the reasons why I picked this movie. Because, yeah. I mean, at the core of it, I mean, there's so many themes we're going to pull, and I'm really excited to talk about it. But at the core, it's, you know, trans men are men. Mm-hmm. And you got to have this huge dichotomy of this really prestigious movie getting all these nominations, winning awards. But right. what information is it really telling the audience when you have a woman winning an award for playing a trans man? And it's like, yeah, she did the best job at playing a trans man. How are we saying that trans men aren't women? Right. With the messaging, like, of the real-world context of this, you know, tragic story. Um, So I think it's really interesting. I think there's a lot of good it did. I think there's, you know, a lot it could have done better. Yeah. But, I mean, this was a lot of people's entrance to what being trans is on a really large scale. Totally. So I think it's super important to talk about. Super important to talk about. Um... I mean, really great points to be made. Um, I'm looking forward. We'll, we'll, we'll backload the conversation after the break, but mm. there's a lot to be said about all of it. All of it. From both just a general political, but also a psychological perspective. And I'm looking forward to hearing sort of what, you, what you've got to share about your sort of own psychological experience of transness and the impact of this film and, and kind of what you see going on. Yeah, he's not a doctor, but he is transgender, so... You've done your 10,000 hours as a, as, a, a as a trans man. Thank you. Therefore, you are an expert. I'm, I'm clear to fly. Malcolm Gladwell said so. Mm. I don't know what that means, because I didn't go to college. It's... You don't need to. Mm. Um, but we... Oh, that's our outro music, so oh. we gotta go. Oh my god. We gotta go. Oh. Okay. All right, we will be right back after the break, and we will be ready to talk about Boys Don't Cry. Boo-hoo, I'm crying. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
We are backity, back, back, back. We are back. We had some technical difficulties, but I'm literally transgender, so I can solve any problem. That is how it works. Mm-hmm. You are quite the handyman. Thank you. Handy trans man. Don't erase me. Do you know I follow do you follow the the trans handy ma'am? Oh my god, yes, yes, I've heard of this. I bitch. love her so much. She's this like trans TikTok star yeah, yeah. who is like showing people how to like fix up their home. Mm-hmm. And it's just like this I think she's gotta be from like Wisconsin or something based on her accent. Also anyone who can do anything, like house related, handy related, I feel like they have to be from Wisconsin. Like that's yeah. Part of the qualifiers. Yeah, you're not you're not lying. You're telling you're telling deep truths. Mm. All right, let's get into this movie. So what yes. happened? Girl, what's the, <laughs> what's the well, first of all, trigger warning, right? Yeah. So, first of all, yeah, if you are listening to this and any feelings come up for you and you want to talk to someone about your gender identity, expression, sexual trauma or assault, the Trevor Project is known for the suicide prevention hotline for LGBTQ plus youth, but they also are just a safe space for you to be open and honest and just talk to somebody. And you can also just text. So if you text start to 678-678, you'll be connected with an LGBTQ plus counselor that's trained to give you a safe space. The number is also 1-866-488-7386. If you are a crazy person and you wanna talk to somebody on the phone, kudos to you, could never be me, I would text. But yeah, there's yeah, people there's, for you. There's uh, Trevor text and there's the phone. They're not, it's, uh, the text is not 24 hours. So it is now. Oh, it is, it is now? 24 seven, 365 days a year. Christmas, mm-hmm, New Year's, yeah. Good for them. Your mom's birthday, they don't even know that date, but they will be there for you. They will be there for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, Trevor Project's great, I used to, do the Trevor Project. That was the first like counseling no experience that I ever got. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good gig. I used to call and then hang up uh, because they didn't have text when I was a teenager, and I was like, right. I, what I really wanted it for was I wanted to tell someone I was trans. Yeah, uh, and not get hurt or be trapped in. Okay, well now we gotta do this. So yeah. I was like, I could call the Trevor Project, and uh, I just kept hanging up. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this can happen right now. Uh, but it all worked out in the end. We're here now. <laughs> here so, we are. Here we are. And you're on real psych. I'm on real psych. I mean, you've... Again, they'll let anyone on this podcast nowadays, y'all. That's not true. You Only three people have ever been on this podcast. Okay, and none true. of us have pronouns. Mm, not one pronoun not one. between us. Uh, so this movie, mm-hmm. uh, again, th- and specifically uh, j- as a trigger warning just to name, we're going to talk about rape. We're going to talk about violence, uh, and we're going to talk about murder. Yeah. Death. Yes. Uh, And we'll talk quite a bit about it, I think. Yeah. I mean, this was, I mean, I I know I'm the one that picked this movie, and as I was watching it, I was like, girl, why did I do this? (laughs) Like, why did I pick this movie? Uh, But I also, I had a lot of fun just, like, researching this, because, I mean, this is, that's the reason why I love this podcast. I mean, you and Joanna are both very smart and you're both very accomplished. I think one of the reasons for that is because you guys stay curious. And so I was forced to, you know, ask questions and seek answers, which I was able to get. And it was a lot of fun. And so I was like, y'all gave me the gift of the joy of learning. The gift of the joy. I know. So it was a lot of fun, but this was, uh, this is hell. This is hell and this is real life. It's a dark one. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, had never seen this movie before as Mm -hmm. mentioned in the first half of this or the first part of this pod. I, I had never seen it and I did not want to be watching it. Mm -hmm. I sent you, uh, uh, videos on, uh, DMs that were just me being like, okay, it hasn't even happened and I'm already crying. Yeah. I'm so upset. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So upset. I'm so upset. 
And uh, yeah, I mean, glad I saw it. Um, I actually ended up then afterwards watching the documentary that it was based on. Okay, I was going to, but I didn't. The Brandon Tina story. It. Yes. Yeah, it's a 51 minute documentary. It's on Amazon if y'all want to watch that. Mm -hmm. um, little less uh, jarring to, to watch. Um, very different vibes. Got it. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about language and things like that. But let's let's give uh, a brief synopsis of uh, Boys Don't Cry. Yes. Um, and then we'll give a little bit of info about the difference between uh, Brandon Tina in real life and Boys Don't Cry. Uh, and just a few of the discrepancies. But uh, so Brandon is a young trans guy uh, played by Hilary Swank. Again, um, when we talk about Hillary, we're going to be using she, her pronouns. When we talk about Brandon, we're going to be using he, him pronouns. Which is something that the director and actors in the movie didn't even do in interviews. You I, can start there. I, <laughs> so, yeah, so. I, yes. <laughs> um, again, just like when we talked about Juno, uh, we're going to leave mistakes in if we make them, if we misgender somebody. Um, mistakes are yeah. real and we've got to... And trans people can make mistakes too. I know it's hard to believe that it's, a trans it person could do anything wrong, but now I that's know. a possibility. I know. Uh, so, uh, young trans guy, Brandon Tina in Nebraska, mm -hmm. um, is... It starts off with him with his cousin. He's and, with his gay cousin. Yeah, and he's gonna, you know, go out to this bar and he just got his hair cut and it alludes that he must have just got it cut super short or maybe Yeah, he just did it. I think his cousin did it. Yeah, his yeah. cousin cut it because, um, of course... It was a really cute opening scene where his cousin's, like, really kind of, like, not understanding, like, wait, so you Transness. be a boy. And there's this, like, clunkiness that I love where Brandon is gonna go to this, like, rodeo like dive bar and he gets um a cowboy hat and his cousin's like take that stupid hat off and i just thought that was so trans because it's like yeah the joy of like being able yeah. to be this idea yeah. of like a man that you want to be like i literally went to tennessee three years ago just like for like not even work it was just like for fun like a friend was doing something i bought a 200 dollars cowboy hat you would because i was like oh my god i'm going to tennessee i have to wear a cowboy hat I'm literally transgender. So I thought it was like really cute, very clunky, very joy. Yeah, very. Uh, and he, the, the, the thing that I think the movie does really nicely is show his joy. His, mm -hmm. They show his euphoria yeah. and his dysphoria. So, so story-wise, let's, uh, uh, let's break it down quick, quick and, and dirty. So story-wise, he um, has a warrant out or he has, he has to go and make a uh, court appearance for, um, like passing bad checks or something like that. Or like, like grand theft. There's a yeah. He, I think yeah. he had. Yeah. So, um, and so he is then like, uh, he meets these people. Uh, he meets, um, well, he's, he goes to, he, he meets uh, Becky from Roseanne. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> He meets Becky, original Becky, not second Becky, from Roseanne. Yeah, and he gets in, like, a bar fight. And he's always getting in fights with people because he's being either seen as trans or being seen as, like, a lesbian. Yeah. And so he gets a lot of homophobia, a lot of transphobia. Mm -hmm. um, but he runs into this circle of friends that don't see him as trans. They're just like, oh, here's this dude getting in a bar fight. And... They're like, there's little moments where they're like, oh, dude, you got small hands, like, for, for a guy. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah. You know, they don't see him as trans. And they just, you know, they're like, oh, we're going here tonight. Like, do you want to come with? And 
he just goes with and he just yeah. kind of falls into this friend group of people that he thinks really sees him as him not as like him not yeah. as his trauma not as what he was born as he's just able to live authentically and just hang out with some friends well he's able to feel authentic in his living he is yes. telling a lot of lies not just about his gender yeah. he's sort of telling lies about the fantasy of his family how he's going to go to memphis where his dad is how his sister and mom are in la or his yeah. sister's a model um, so he 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 meets these people. Um, Peter Sarsgaard uh, plays John mm-hmm. uh, Lippin, I believe is his last name. I think so. I think so. Um, fun fact: I cannot tell you the name of the murderers. Uh, you know what I studied? Not them. Yeah. Um, so he and then he meets Chloe Sevigny, mm-hmm. um, who plays someone named Lana. Uh, all of these are real people. Um, obviously based on a real story. Um, meets Lana. And immediately kind of has eyes for her. She yeah. has eyes for him. Um, and uh, begins a little bit of a romance. Starts to really feel established in this friends group, as you said. And uh, once he and Lana start to get close, um, John, played by Cedar- Peter Sarsgaard, who we know has been in prison, he has some pretty serious uh, like rage and like mm-hmm. r- narrative disruptions where something will happen and he'll really just gaslight somebody and tell them that that's not what just happened. Yeah. And like, scary dude. And in the beginning too, like Brandon's trying to do the math. Like, is he with Lana? Yeah. He has a kid. It's like, do they, is that their kid together? Right. And then, you know, he finds out like, Oh, you know, John spent time in prison and Lana would write to him. Then it comes out like, well, Lana was 13 13 when she she did. So so. yeah, there's a lot of, he's sort of got this like very strong attachment, uh, to Lana who is now 18, give or take. Yeah. Um, so it's all shady and that kind of like gives Brandon the green light of, oh, like, yeah. And she likes Brandon. Like yes. Lana likes Brandon. Yeah. Um, and Brandon, uh, you know, becomes more and more confident that she likes him for who he is. Uh, he then, um, goes to, they, they have a, a, a thing with the police, um, where the, he does get a summons and he has to go in and pay a ticket. So he goes into the police station to pay the ticket and they, uh, and at this point he's already missed his court date. Yeah. Um, of course, all of this is under like dead name, Mm -hmm. um, kind of stuff and, uh, dead name, uh, for those who don't know, being the name that you are given, that is not your name. If you're a trans person that is harmful and, and just, uh, you don't use someone's, you don't use a trans person's dead name. It's yeah. Yeah. It's inappropriate. Um, and so he's of course being, he gets found out as being, you know, dead name left and right. And there, um, he gets arrested, basically. Mm-hmm. He gets, uh, and they put him in jail, and... Like, Chloe's character comes and visits him, and is like, wait, why are you in a women's And they, and cell? they, yeah, and they tell her that, you know, and he sort of says that it's, you know, it's weird and it's crazy, and he then says that he's intersex, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and... And I think a lot of it, too, I don't think it's so much that he's naming he's intersex. I kind of took it as... He doesn't have the words to put to what he he's doesn't saying. have the words. He's to like, put to it's, it. it's not like you know, because the whole thing is like, this is a woman living as a man, and he's like, no, like I'm, like I'm both. Like this is like I like because he was mm-hmm. like born a woman, but mm-hmm. he's not. There is no connection. Like oh, I was this now I'm this. It's like I've always been this, but I guess I've always been that as well. So it's kind of this like clunkiness of trying to define something that you have no representation. There's nothing you've 
were able to see. Yeah. And so, and they, and they keep showing him having this, like, pamphlet um, where it talks about basically a trans experience, and he's trying to get the words. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, he doesn't quite have the words for it. He has a pamphlet to, like, get, to sort of start to think about things like, um, like hormones and, um, you know, some, like, physical, like, surgical uh, transition, things like that. And, um, yeah, so he is, uh, she, he sort of tells her that, yeah, the, again, the wording sounds like intersex. And she says, I wouldn't care if you were half ape, half monkey. And I love how you sent me a video when you saw that point. You're like, I, I guess they, they thought that was a compliment in I the 90s. I think they <laughs> thought that was a nice thing to say, um, which, again, like comparing transness to like, wow, I wouldn't even care if you were an animal. You were a like, big, big, big freak. Yeah, like yeah. this is your, it's fine. Again, I hear it, it feels very like, uh, I don't even see you as black kind of like comment where you're like, ooh, yeah. what? But I understand like it was also- At the well, time. Was well intentioned. And in the moment, I think limited. it was what he wanted to hear. Exactly, and they, um, they were limited in the, the whole, the what you, what you, I mean, at least what I felt even from hearing that, like yeah. the vibe of the scene is, Oh my God, like, yay, like he's getting the girl. He's yeah. getting the girl for being himself. Yeah. That's the information we're supposed to receive as the audience. So, yeah. you know. And so during all of this, first Becky from Roseanne, where he, who's, who owns the house that he's been staying in, finds his uh, tampons, finds this summons for, um, again, dead name. And she's uh, gagged, like a little too gagged. She like, just she's like really like balls her eyes out. Wails, like there's no way. Yeah. Weird, mm -hmm. weird vibes. Also, she's not in the store. She's not real. She's like real. not a part of the situation. No, like I mean, she's also not real. Like oh, dead that, ass. it was different people. Oh, um, yeah, we'll get to that. Okay. So then um, ugh, things get messy. Uh, the the two men that, that he's been hanging out with uh, find out essentially. And then uh, I'm just going to get through this ending very quickly because it's yeah, so yeah. traumatizing. So... Uh, they essentially are trying to force him and Lana apart. They um, lock him in a bathroom and take off his clothes to show his genitals. Uh, now start misgendering him unapologetically and emphatically. Um, they then take him out and rape him and beat him. And then when he comes back to Lana's house and Lana and her mom have him go to the police and report this rape... Uh, and the police uh, traumatize him again. Mm -hmm. uh, and this interview actually in the movie is word for word, yeah. the real yeah. police interview. You know, the um, and they uh, are incredibly abusive and, and shaming. And, and at one point, like when they first take off his clothes just to look at, uh, at his genitals, they, the, the police officer says something like, you're saying he didn't, put his finger in you or anything, doesn't that seem a little strange to you that he would have you right there and you're a woman and he's not putting his finger in you, which is like, yeah, I mean, rough, rough, yes. rough, rough. Yes. Um, and again, this is all, uh, the, the recordings of this are on the um, story of, of Brandon Tina or the Brandon Tina story, the documentary. And it goes on and there's, there's more. But um, the police are incredibly like horrible and abusive. They then don't go out and arrest uh, the two guys, yeah. they make a phone call mm -hmm. and they call them to say, hey, this woman is claiming that you two raped her. 
can you come into the station tomorrow and talk? Yeah. In, uh, when in real life, they did uh, bring them into the station, but they then were released mm-hmm. um, immediately. Uh, they weren't, like, they were never held. Yeah. Um, anyways, so now they're super angry, and essentially they, uh, more and more, like, the shit is just hitting the fan, and they show up at first Becky's house and kill him and kill first Becky and leave. Uh, and then, you know, basically credits roll and you hear that they both uh, have been um, convicted of murder. One of them, uh, the main one, John, uh, is on death row. Um, and then the other one is serving two consecutive life sentences because he got a plea deal, basically, and uh, gave info on the first one. Yeah. Because um, our justice system is broken and bad. Um, and these two, like, have openly admitted to this murder and openly admitted to this rape. Um, there is no uh, other side of this story. Like, they're, they're admitting to it. Yeah. Um, the, the, the main differences um, are actually three people were murdered in the, in the killing. Um, it, and actually, interestingly, and this is just sort of a strange note, uh, one of the people was a black man. And there are no black people in this whole whole film. Wow. But one of the people in the house is a black man. And then a woman whose child was also there, but different name than... The, so they chose to, I think... Uh, I don't... I think this, they wanted to have a, like a tighter story or something. So they chose to do that. So they chose um, to just whitewash it. They chose, they to, chose to, to whitewash just, it. Yeah. Um, in this, it seems to take place over just like a couple weeks um, that he's there in this small town. Um, when in reality, he lived there for a few years. Yeah, and it, the in between the rape and the murder was a week. Yeah, it yeah, was, it, it, was, uh, it, was it was Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve to New Year's Eve. Eve. He was yeah. killed on New Year's Eve, yeah. nineteen ninety three. Yes, he was twenty one years old, um, and uh, he was there for several years. Um, and and you know, in in the reality, a lot of people say that a lot of the things and a lot of the lies he told and a lot of these big stories, you know, all of those things, he what he would. Um, like it, one of them is an ex uh, fiance who says that he like bought me an engagement ring with my own credit card, and um, and she was like, and I was like, so you didn't you didn't buy this for me? I bought this for me. He's like, no, I got it. Like I got it. I t- I took care of it basically, and I mean it's it's very like you know twenty one year old young yeah. love. It's somebody trying to find a life and a family where he feels like loved and accepted. He's so I think like one of the things the movie does well is these sort of. It does a nice job of having him tell these fabrications, uh, but really showing that like this fabrication is he is working so hard to have a life yeah. that he loves and a version of himself that he loves. And so this this fantasy, I think, is actually a very healthy sort of psychological adaptation when you're in such a... Like an night. adjustment as well. Like, I mean, yeah. he is in this shitty little town and everyone makes comments about how shitty the town is, how shitty the people are. And he's having the time of his fucking life. And pretty soon it's, there's no longer like, oh, I want to go to Tennessee. He's like, we could just, I could marry you right now. And we I'll just, marry you right now. We could just and we'll stay own, a, here. own a trailer park. It's like, yeah, why would you want to leave? You why have would you want to leave? You have someone like um, Lana, his like, you know, becomes like his girlfriend. His mom, her mom, he's calling her mama. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, he like assimilates into a chosen family. Yeah, they throw him a birthday party. Exactly. It's like, yeah, why would he want to leave? And so it's like, you really get to see, like you said, his euphoria and his joy. And like, Mm -hmm. when you're watching this movie, you are rooting for him. Yeah, you really are. Um, I do think it's funny because Hilary Swank won an Oscar. Yes. For playing this role. Uh, 
and she's a very good actor in this film. Let's talk a little bit about uh, cis people playing trans people. Let's talk about it. And how we feel about this. We talked, you know, in some ways in Juno about sort of the interesting thing about this. I mean, at the time, uh, Elliot Page was not out, and, and I don't think even he was identifying as trans and internally at that point, but definitely dysphoric in a lot of ways. We've talked about the way that his sort of trans experience informed this character. Um, so let's get into it. Thoughts on... Yeah, I mean, so, like, what I kept going back and forth with was, was this movie good representation or bad representation? Because right. um, it was, you know, really polarizing in a lot of ways for the trans people that I read, you know, doing um, reviews and articles about this. At the know, time? At the time and wow. post. You yeah. Know? And, like, you know, even, like, uh, Hilary Swank uh, in 2019 did, like, an interview about this and was like, I think a trans man should have been casted. Like, the uh, yeah. director. I don't know if you looked into the director, but the director is out now as genderqueer. Oh, so cool. at the time, was only having, like, experience of being a lesbian. Named at the time, too, like, never said the word lesbian, didn't like the word lesbian, didn't really understand why. Which, like, I resonate with that completely. Totally. When I was, I guess, quote-unquote, like, living as a lesbian, I would always say that I was just gay because it felt too femme. Yeah. Which, like, makes sense because I was having a trans experience. So yeah. It's like, also, the word know. lesbian is just such a mouthful. <laughs> you just like it in general. Linguistically, you hate it. I don't hate it. Mm. I just think it's, like, gay is such, like, a... Shorter, get to, to the, the point. point. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's quick and dirty. Gay we just, rights. We got so don't it. say lesbian rights. No, we say lesbian rights in this household. We say lesbian rights. Oh, okay. Yeah, but um, so it, but it, so, it seems to me a bit hypocritical because I, I mean it's not just things that were written. I watched interviews where the director who is now mm-hmm. saying 20 years later, like, oh yeah, like this movie was so important for me and the story was so important for me because it helped me kind of put words to my trans experience and like, you know, what they were going through. I get that they were limited with casting in 1999 and they were saying how, you know, agents weren't sending actors, you know, it was just such an out there movie. But in interviews, they were misgendering, not the actor, not the character, but Brandon, like mm-hmm. the actual person. Yeah. They were misgendering them. And not only that, they were saying how they were like auditioning trans men in the late 90s. I watched an interview where the director said they interviewed um, trans men and drag kings. And they passed in real life, but on camera, you could tell they were women. And Mm. that, to me... So what's problematic about that statement, Miles? So I just think the concept that trans people are masters of deception Mm -hmm. and that they lie Mm -hmm. is what gets them killed and harmed at disproportionate rates to other identities and other people. And so I think that, you know, the movie is good. I liked the movie. Like, I think if you sat someone down who doesn't know or just doesn't care about trans people, they're going to leave that movie feeling something. Yeah. And that's good for the greater good. But I think the way that they handled telling the story outside of production just promotes violence because it promotes this idea of deception and not authenticity. Right. It wasn't, here's this man who's living as a man. Mm -hmm. It was continuously. And so I have an article here and this was like the article that was put out before the movie. This was Mm -hmm. put out in 1994. It was put out right um, after, right after Mm -hmm. the killing. And it says, love hurts. Brandon Tina was a woman who lived and loved as a man. 
She was killed for carrying it off. What? And that is literally no different than interviews and articles about the fucking movie. Yeah. It was even at the Oscars. I don't know if you watched Hillary Swank's acceptance speech. No. So she she's going on stage and the like MC at the fucking Oscars is like, you know, the Hillary Swank for, you know, Boys Don't Cry, a movie about a boy, a a, a woman who is living as a boy. Literally does like the uh, uh, it's like and at first I was like, "Oh my god, they're actually gendering him correctly like they're really doing it in 1999 and no, it's like a, a boy, a, no, a woman not living as a boy. No one's naming it for what it is. And I just feel like, you know, I don't have a problem with the movie and I understand a lot of the language. They were limited at the time. But the way everyone's gone about it in the aftermath and the interviews is just so synonymous with what happened in real life, which is right. people are misgendering this man. Right. So when... You're talking about a trans person, the appropriate thing. I mean, you use their own words, right? You describe mm-hmm. yourself as a man of trans experience, mm-hmm. um, right? So when you're talking to someone trans, use their words. But also, if somebody, you know, says a trans man or says a trans woman, uh, uh, people often want to ask questions about like, wait, so they were, uh, they used to be, uh, and now they're, uh, and it's like, it's really important to understand that like they never were a, uh, yeah. they are right. This, yeah. this identity. And, um, and so with, with him, right. Anytime anybody's coming in using she, her pronouns, it's not right. It's, it's, uh, dark. Um, in the documentary, they constantly misgender him. Yeah. Um, friends, family, uh, mom only uses she, her pronouns, but then we'll, we'll call him a boy Mm-hmm. It's complicated and strange. Um, I mean, the police never use the right pronouns even a single time. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So in this moment of representation, right, there is this film winning an Oscar for you know and showing trans representation, right? Again, uh, best actress uh, <laughs> yeah. award for uh, playing a man. Um, and it's in this weird period of time where, yes, there, and, and so at the time, this is visibility. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, uh, people have won Oscars for playing trans people. Much more recently, lots and lots of Emmys for cis people playing trans people. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself did a pilot in 2011 where I played a trans woman. Um, again, uh, you live and learn. And no, you cannot find that online. Um, but... Uh, so the, the what we've learned, right, and the thing that I think is always the the important thing to sit with, because people are like, well, isn't it okay if, like, you know, actors can act? Why can't actors, you know, the best actor be the one who is cast? And I think the important thing for folks to to hold on to when it comes to this kind of stuff right now is trans actors aren't considered for cis roles. Yeah. All the time. Like, for, for a trans person to be cast as a cis person... Uh, is really, really rare. It happens. Um, or they'll be cast and no one has to talk about, uh, you know, the sex they were assigned at birth. Like, nobody needs to talk about um, how they were socialized as children or if they've transitioned. And that's also fine. And, and you know. But, um, and so the important thing that I always try to, like, emphasize for folks is, like, until trans people can be considered for cis roles and aren't, you know, counted out for cis roles... Um, 
you know, if there's a trans character, it's important that we're giving this to a trans actor. Yeah. So that they actually can work. Like that, that yeah. is, it's not even about the like, oh, the, the quality of the performance or the whatever. It's like, well, no, but like, here's the thing. It's like having a hearing actor play a deaf character when it's like deaf actors are not cast to play hearing people. So if we're giving the, the roles that do exist for these people to, yeah, to hearing folks, right? Like this is an issue. And so um, I, I encourage you all to think about that. There's a lot of people that um, have, I actually feel very similarly about gay and straight roles and things like that when like gay actors are not considered for straight roles. And therefore when there are gay roles and they go to more famous straight actors, it's like, Cool. Come on. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, um, and that's the thing too. It's like trans people aren't even treated as people. And like, the, if, if you're trying to tell a trans story, you want a trans character, ask yourself why. Because nine times out of ten, people are like, oh, this is great representation. Right. But then what are you actually representing here if you're casting a woman to play a man? Right. Or a man to play a woman. And you're saying trans people are, are lying. Not, yeah, are yeah. not who trans they say they are. Trans people are acting. Uh, yeah. And that trans men are women. Yeah. Pretending to be men. Um, and that's what's so interesting about, um, you know, this this film is it does sort of live under this idea. It, it, by casting a woman to do this, they're showing you that uh, he was a woman, right? Yeah. They're no, showing I mean, you. They, I mean, they named it a million and a, a half million times. And a half they times. Said, this woman living as a man. And that's exactly what they, that's what the media did. And that's what this movie did. Well, and not only this, but not only that, but this is also a movie about the rape and murder of mm -hmm. a trans person. Yeah. And so it's saying to the trans community or the queer community in general, like, look, visibility, see yourself on screen. Yeah. And that, and this is very similar for for almost all queer narratives, right? Is that um, with with gay films, it's it's, it's murder and AIDS, yeah, it's trauma. and death and and yeah, um, it's it's all this trauma. And so the the nature of being like, no, no, isn't this amazing? Shouldn't you feel mm -hmm. so happy that people are talking about trans people? And it's like watching this film is yeah. so traumatizing. Yeah, it's terrifying. I have a different point of view with that. Okay. I was reading a lot of like uh, trans people talking about the rape scene in particular mm -hmm. um, and how it is just traumatizing and like, you, yeah, you're supposed to feel lucky for like seeing yourself played out on these roles, but it's like, okay, so I'm seeing the rape and the murder of someone yeah. like me. Like, but I, so I watched it and I feel like it's not for me. Right. Um, a lot of people were able to get information from that at the time where like they, you know, I mean, I remember the first time I didn't know what trans was and I see someone or hear something and it's like, oh my God, there's words for that. Like there's right. words for this feeling. Um, but for me now watching this, it isn't about my experience or like resonating with somebody with my experience or like learning about myself through it. I feel like it's to humanize a very demonized and othered experience for cisgender and straight audiences. Because you're watching, well, I guess I should preface this by saying I was raped. Um, it happened when I was a teenager and I came out to a guy friend and it was very intertwined with my identity where it's like, mm. no, you don't feel that way. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how you feel. Wow. Um, and so for me to watch this, it kind of felt like all the people that aren't in my life now that I know have just said the most horrible things mm -hmm. about like my identity or about me, I really feel like this movie would elicit some sort of change. I don't see how you could sit down and watch Brandon Tina literally be in this shitty little town and be so happy because he has everything that every human just wants. 
community, mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. a freedom to like be yourself. Mm-hmm. And the people that he trusted are the people that raped and murdered him. Yeah. How you and that's the thing where the movie ends and there's no happy ending. I feel like the happy ending happens after you leave the theater because now you're sat here with this information that oh my god, trans people are just people. Trans people are people. Yeah. And so now you Hot get take. to go into your own I know communities and with that information and hopefully good comes from it. And so I felt like, you know, I was like thinking like my dad the entire time while watching this, who like I haven't talked to in almost 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't see how like this man who is like so violent, so angry, could watch this and be like, yeah, fuck him. Fuck the trans people. I mean, there was even like lines that they had Brandon say where, you know, during the scene was like, I know I deserve this. Like, I know like, you know, it's like being like, oh yeah, like I do deserve this because I'm trans. And I, the, I think the reason those lines were in there is for you to be like, no, obviously you don't deserve this. Right. And so I don't see how someone could watch this movie and not elicit that reaction. And so for that reason, I was really, you know, glad that this is something that was made and was made at the turn of the century. It's something that a lot of people were able to receive. And, you know, so my then next question was, did it elicit change? So, well, first of all, I looked up statistics of sexual assault victims and I didn't realize how like that experience that Brandon went through and also the experience that I went through is a pattern um, within this community and a hate crime. Yeah. So in 2015, uh, the US Transgender Survey, which is the largest survey examining experiences of trans people, it's taken across all 50 states and uh, they had 27,000 respondents. 47% of transgender people said they were sexually assaulted at one point in their life. Yeah. Which you can only like assume that that number is larger because you're only going off of people who are willing to talk about this experience or report this experience. Um, But I was looking into specifically um, the county, Richardson County, and since 1993 in Nebraska, there was new law enforcement training that was adopted. Yeah. uh, they actually show police officers as a part of the curriculum, the Brandon Tina story. They the do. Documentary mm-hmm. that you were talking about. Um, and they also watch staged sexual assault and domestic violence scenarios between straight and gay couples to namely prevent what happened, which was Brandon's death could have been prevented if law enforcement would have taken him seriously the right. week prior to his murder. Yeah, if they had actually arrested the people who... Which they didn't because he was trans. They, which they, they did didn't because he was trans. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, this, this movie, it, the, the one thing that I found, uh, th- that I wish if I were making this film, uh, they had done differently. Mm-hmm. So there's such, uh, a morbid fascination, uh, that cis people have with trans bodies. Yeah. Um, a lot of questions to a lot of... Trans people are questioned about their genitals on an almost daily basis. Um, they're questioned about surgeries. They're questioned about these different things that they might do to affirm their gender. Yeah. Um, to f- and it comes out like it's it comes out in a little ways where it's like, oh, are you fully transitioned? Yes. And it's like, oh my god, like so yeah, so you what have, is fully? What have is you fully had made? the surgery? Exactly. Um, and I and the the issue that I had um, with the and again this is I think they. This was made by, at least at the time, cis-identifying people. But I think the idea that they show so much of Hilary Swank's body mm. in this, which the, there are scenes where he's, you know, getting out of the shower. There are scenes where he's, like, putting in a soft pack. There are scenes where he's, um, you know, uh, binding. And they, 
then show the scenes where the the two men like you know take off his clothes and they do this and it felt um a, the inappropriately voyeuristic in the sense that it was like his body was so on display for the audience mm. and i think there are ways that you could treat you could let us know what they have done to him without having to see it it just felt so like you're right you should want to know everything about trans bodies like it mm. felt a little um yeah. just a little overexposed and i know it's supposed to make you feel uncomfortable but i still think there's such a preoccupation that people have yeah. with trans people's bodies and that's the thing i don't think that was ever a thought or a mention in the in the drawing room i don't no. think that was like a, a talking point when right. they're making this right when they did um trans america they show um you know felicity huffman naked in the bathtub mm -hmm. uh with a penis Right, they show like there's such a, a desire yeah. to show you the genitals of trans people. Yeah, in a way that I think like our and again like a, a lot of what we're trying to you know push through in all in all understanding and work with with trans people is like your genitals do not determine who you are. Yeah. Period. That's yeah. it. Right, and that is um, just still like the the sort of counter to that is just so reinforced by us being like let's just let, look at the freak yeah look at the weirdo yeah i wrote a i wrote a book when i was 21 and th there's imagery in it right like coming from like just like um my instagram and things i post and whatever whatever and it was like you know they wanted the before and after photos you know mm -hmm. it's like yeah like the imagery of mm -hmm. this book and i remember just like getting together all the photos that like i was supposed to get together and being like i don't do this. Yeah. And I remember saying, why do I have to show who I'm not yeah. to prove to you who I am? Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, I had, there's some baby photos, but there is no, the before and after photos are not there. It's all just current. It was all current photos of me. It was like, sorry, I don't want to show you the long hair picture. I don't have to, to show you that like, I'm literally a man. Yeah. And I also had this experience. Like I wrote stuff. You can read it. You don't need to see that. And yeah. It felt like yeah, like a weird oddity, like an on display. It's like, okay, so yeah, what's the real show? So let's show the story. It's like, why do I have to do that to prove no, that to yeah. you? No, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as dead naming somebody, right? Or mm -hmm. asking someone yeah. what their dead name is. What name were they given? And different people will say, like, my ghost name, my, like, different yeah. people have different The way I've tried to, like, cis-rationalize it is, like, you know, cis people change their name all the time. All the Women time. Women get divorces, mm -hmm. you know, and you would never... Men get divorces, too. I don't think so. Um, but you, you never, don't talk about non-binary people too. Non-binary people have perfect, healthy marriages. They've never gotten a divorce, not once. Not once. Um, but like you would never go up to someone and be like, oh my God, yeah, like, you know, Miss Smith. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you had a, a divorce like 10 years ago. You're Miss Ryan or like whatever. Like you would yeah. never, you would never, like the, I, I had a, a conversation with someone recently where it was like, they were talking about someone who had my dead name and they're like, oh yeah. And her name's like, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, sat here like, this bitch has had a divorce. What if I was like, oh yeah, like I know this person, their last name is blah, blah, blah. Like, mm -hmm. why would I bring up like your abusive ex? Right. Why would I do that? Why would right. you bring up someone that like, that hasn't been my legal name in like six years. I don't right. know what the fuck. Like that yeah. doesn't make sense. But like you feel, no one feels like that. Like they don't see the difference because you feel like you have access to me in that way. Mm -hmm. Because I'm out as trans, I'm saying I'm trans, so you feel like you have the ability to ask me certain information, mm -hmm. which is so weird. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Yeah. People people really, and, and, and all this is is buying in on the narrative that 
uh, and this is, it's fraught, it's hard with the, the, way, the way we work, but it's buying in on the narrative that you changed, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. you were something else and now you are this. When like the whole purpose of what you're trying to say is, no, I've always been this. We just live in a cis, het, binary fucking world and I was only given these options. Yes. And I was also not shown other people that felt like me. I just felt so weird for so long. I didn't know why. And then I got the language and it's like, oh, I'm gonna go to hell for that? I don't wanna do that. So yeah, I'm not gonna be that. It's like, it doesn't, it's very, yeah. Trans people definitely don't change. As a trans people, I'm gonna say it on the record. (laughs) Always been this annoying. Just looked a little different. (laughs) That's a Mm. lovely catchphrase. Thank you. I I think you're famously non-annoying. Um, uh, depends on who you ask. Too many people choose to engage with you. Yeah, they could be annoying people. You ever thought about that? <laughs> There's a lot of annoying people in the world. Fair. Maybe your, your audience is annoyings. Maybe. All the annoyings. Everyone's logging off right now. <laughs> yeah, right? So let's, uh, let's dig a little bit into this, what the, the psychological history of transness. Um, give it to me, doctor. Uh, well, and again, like, so, uh, I also want to name Brandon Tina's a real person. We're not going to sit here and dig into the psyche of a real person that uh, I'm that is not being treated by me that you've never met. Um, but what we can talk about is the sort of psychological history of uh, the relationship between psychology, diagnosis, and gender. Yes, which is complicated and an ever evolving process. Mm-hmm. Um, so first time uh, gender gender disorders is, mm-hmm. is uh, showed up uh, was in DSM-3 in mm-hmm. 1980. So at that point, there were three, uh, three in a group called gender identity disorders. Um, so it was transsexuality, mm-hmm. um, which again, even until like very recently, the word transsexual was, a, people were very into it. And they were like, oh no, that means they've had the surgery. Mm-hmm. They've they've transitioned their sex organs, which means they're transsexual. Mm-hmm. Um, gender identity disorder of childhood. Oh, that's a big word. Uh huh. And transvestic fetishism. Oh my god. <laughs> so this was where we were at in 1980. It then evolved uh-huh. uh, into in DSM four, which combined. Uh, transsexualism and gender identity disorder of childhood into one overarching diagnosis, which was gender identity disorder. Yes. So gender identity disorder uh, existed from uh, 1994 uh, until 2013, Mm -hmm. um, when uh, they then have now implemented the new diagnosis, which is gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. So... uh, the what, the why, and the how. So, namely, trans transvestic fetishism is no longer considered a gender Aww, d- disorder. Really? No, oh, no, don't worry. It's still in there. <laughs> oh, fuck. It's now a sexual paraphilia. Because uh, transvestic fetishism is really just about, like, putting on gendered clothes for sex. Yeah, I was going to say transvestite came out in a transvestite, right? And it was about dressing. Yes, it's about dressing. And it's about, um, usually it's sex related, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's, um, you know, it, it, when we when we talk about it. Cross-dressing is similar in this, which is different from drag. Mm-hmm. Drag is performance. Um, cross-dressing is uh, identifying in uh, one gender, but enjoying wearing clothes that are 
traditionally worn of another or traditionally gendered um, other. Uh, and then often uh, cross-dressing is sex play, which is this transvestic fetishism. Um, again, the nature of the fact that we need to have diagnoses for the ways that people like to like consensually and like uh, healthily have sex um, mm. is like strange, is, is fraught, right? It is yeah. not, uh, it's not a good look, I think, for... Well, I, I always heard that we need it to be like diagnosable so then you're able to get things covered by healthcare well which is the yes whole problem but itself. but when it comes to a cross-dressing for sex where's your health care uh, i guess you're right maybe you want, need a little dental you know but so you make a great point though right mm. so now the movement was so the idea of gender identity disorder uh people didn't like that because it's essentially saying your gender is a disorder which gay used to be in the DSM, yes. right? Homosexuality was yeah. in the was in the DSM. Um, for those who were listening on Call Me By Your Name, we no longer use the word homosexual in research. Uh, we say gay because homosexual was the diagnostic term. Um, but as a homosexual, I say it often. Mm. Um, I actually have a book on my bookshelf over there called Male Homosexuals. Uh, and it is like a, it is a, everything a psychologist needed to know in 1975 or whatever about gay, male, homosexuals. Let's get a time machine. Let's help them out. Let's help them out. Um, you know, before HIV and after penicillin, it was, a, it was a good time, I think, for a lot of folks. It's a, it's a renaissance era right there. Yeah, right there. Um, anyways, so the movement then to uh, what's called gender dysphoria, which is the mm -hmm. current diagnosis, um, which is essentially saying that your gender is not the issue. What The, the issue and the diagnosable thing, which... Again, if you want to have things covered by health insurance, you need a diagnosis, including uh, gender-affirming surgery, mm -hmm. um, other like hormone, HRT, uh, hormone replacement therapy, things like that. If you want those covered by health insurance, you have to diag diagnose somebody with something. Yes. And so right now the, the diagnosis is gender dysphoria. People still don't love this. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think about this a lot um, in terms of my patients that I work with, I work with uh, quite a few uh, trans folks. and. I always find it troubling because the the idea, like, I don't know that it's helpful for me to say, like, oh, this is gender dysphoria, rather than to be like, this person's depressed. This person, just as, like, if somebody is struggling with, like, you know, a history of, like, emotionally abusive parents, right? I wouldn't be like, emotionally abusive parent disorder, right? I would be like, they have depression, right? They're, yeah. they're, or they have anxiety. They have generalized anxiety. And the, and the, the sort of etiology, the, the basis or the origin of where this comes from isn't always so important. What's important is to say, this person is sad. How do I help this person who is sad? Yeah. This person is anxious. How do I help this person who is anxious? And so it still is kind of othering and a lot of people are um, still not loving this diagnosis. But again, we have to use diagnoses to work within the medical system in the United States. Yeah. So it's, uh, we're not done. Mm -hmm. We're not done. Well, I feel like there's like a personal thing that comes with that too, like almost like a, a personal diagnosis struggle when you're talking about labels. Because, you know, a lot of times I'm someone that really, really struggled with yeah. labels. And, you know, it, they're so good because you can be a part of a group, but it's also so great that you can be not a part of a different group. But sometimes yeah. those are the problems of like, you know, who's in, who's out, which is why we've had so many like terms change you know, not just in the LGBTQ plus community, but in, you know, for trans people in general, we've yeah. been through a myriad of, of different words in a very short amount of time. Like, very uh, short amount of time. You know, the Boys Don't Cry came out in 1999, and that's exactly when the trans flag 
was born as we know it today. Oh, wow. The trans okay. flag was made in 1999. So at the time of everything really happening to Brandon Tina in 93, there was no trans flag. So it's like, right. that's how fast things are happening. Like the word transgender, do you know when it entered the dictionary? No. Can you make a guess? Uh, 2013. 2019. Dang. The Oxford English Dictionary. OED. Yeah. And so I think it's funny too, where it's like, you know, we struggle with labels, but labels, you do not need to live your life or to love somebody, or to love yourself. Mm -hmm. You just need it to package yourself up really quick and easy and give it to somebody else. Yeah. We don't have to struggle with labels to figure ourselves out. And I feel like mm -hmm. we have this need to define and redefine. And a lot of it is because we live in this world that really demands it of trans people specifically. Yes. Like you have to explain you have to yourself. Tell who you are. Explain and you, yourself. you can't be wrong. I've, I, and it can't yeah, change. It cannot change. This is, you said, this is who you are. And so it's so scary. And so I think that's like, it's almost like um, really similar to what's happening like clinically in the world where it's like, fuck, we need to have this diagnosis. We need to have this label. But it's like, but you could just live your life. And, yeah. You know, and wouldn't that be better? And, and especially when it comes to saying things to families or saying things to, you know, um, there's a lot, like more and more people are coming out as non-binary and like mm -hmm. what non-binary means for every person is a little different. Just like how every person experiences life different. Yes. <laughs> and looks at themselves differently. It's like, yeah. it's not just trans people. It's just people. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really, it's it's funny because people want so much to just know the, the especially when someone's coming out or, or um, undergoing, you know, medical transition in different ways. People want to know like, okay, where is this going? Where is mm -hmm. this? And I was, I was actually talking with a client recently about like the difference between um, figuring it, you know, when you're figuring it out and when you're confused. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference, right? Somebody may be figuring out their gender. That doesn't mean they're confused. Right, somebody may be figuring out where they feel most comfortable, where they want to land. That doesn't mean that they don't know. Mm -hmm. it, it means they're. It's a process, just like all of the. You know what I mean? Like you would never say to somebody in their career. Well, actually, a lot of people would. Right? What are you gonna do? Where Where do you end? When it's like, but for somebody to be like, oh, I'm gonna take this job and I'm gonna do this job for as long as I want to do this job, mm -hmm. and then I may go to grad school one day. I may you know, just transition to a different kind of job within the same company. Nobody's going to be like, no, 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 no. You described yourself as a systems analyst. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You, you can't just do data analytics. That's a totally different thing, right? No, yeah. People, and I think, you know, gender is the same. I mean, there are times when a lot of folks are like, I look at like women with short hair, long hair, like, you know what I mean? Like people mm -hmm. change how they want to present themselves all and the, the time. And the thing is, you can't get to point D unless you go through point A, point B, and point C. Right. Like you, like, you can't. Like, you cannot grow unless there is some sort of movement. There right. is some sort of growth. There is some sort of growth. Yeah. And sometimes you may grow in a direction and then choose not to continue growing in that direction. Oh my God, is that just life? Question mark, question mark, question mark? No. 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 Couldn't be. Mm -mm. No. Could not be. Could mm -hmm. not be. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, so yeah, you brought up um, transsexuality, which yes. I think it's, it's so funny. These words are so funny to me because there's, I love language discourse because it changes so often because the community is growing. The community changing. is growing and, and changing. With different generations too. It's like yeah. different people demand different things. And also it's like where you are regionally and like also with your age, you know, like I've met trans people that are older than me that like we go by the same pronouns. We've done similar things within our transition. Mm -hmm. They identify as transsexual. 
because they grew up with that language. Right. I would never identify as transsexual. I didn't grow up with that. I'm transgender. I don't even say transgender. I say trans, which is even like a, you know, I came out, you know, in the latter half of yeah. like the, you know, the 20 teens. So it's like, if you came out in 2004, you were, you know, you're saying something completely different. Um, and I was looking up, you know, with transsexuality because there was this like, push where people really wanted to find an umbrella term because a lot of people didn't want to have a physical transition like mm -hmm. male or female they wanted to have a social transition like masculine or feminine and so if you're saying i'm transsexual that implies there's some sort of like physical change which some people did not want yeah and they didn't want to name and other you know there's this whole push and pull and so in the latter half of the 20th century there's all these words that are coming around where people are like you know maybe this can be it and um do you know who virginia prince is no She's a trans author and she came up with a word that was like popularized enough for me to like read a bunch of articles about. I've never heard of it before. Mm -hmm. And so people used it in the, this was 1969. Okay. Transgenderal. Transgender with an AL at the end. Transgenderal. Never. Transgenderal. Yeah. And so she said that she wanted to change her gender, not her sex. And so if there has to be a word for it, maybe it can be transgenderal. And I love the wording of that, if there has to be a word for it. If there has to be a because, word for it. Because, yeah, she's going to do it anyway. She's going to be herself anyway. She's like, I don't want to have a physical transition, but I'm a woman. Yes. And so I'm not transsexual because people are assuming this when I say this. So I don't know. If there has to be a word, why don't we just pick this word? Yeah. And so it ended up being, you know, transgender became then the, um, the umbrella term that now we even use today. And we encompass, you know, a lot of identities. Right. But then within there, there's nuances. I know some non-binary people that are like, I'm transgender. And I know some non-binary people that are like, I'm not transgender. I don't right. identify with being transgender, but I am non-binary. Right. So again, it's just like, wow people can put words to their experiences and they get to choose what feels right and what doesn't because everyone has their own point of view and perspective. Love being human. Love being human. Love being human. Um, you know, and speaking of perspectives, mm. I did a little bit of research. I put on my Joanna hat because she is not here. And you knew I was not going to do it. I did not go to college. <laughs> you don't need to. Uh, you are nailing it uh, with a lot less student loan debt. Um, so... Let me start very, very simple. Trans people have brains. What? Yeah. Okay. okay. Are you fucking with me? Okay, let me start even earlier. Trans people mm. are people, and people have brains. You're blowing my fucking mind right now. That's a trans brain. Oh my God. That's a trans brain. That's a trans brain. That's a trans brain. Okay. Come on, Joanna. So, yeah. um, Joanna so, is with us right now. In Joanna this is with us in right spirit, now. She's also girl. like, just just rolling over in India being like, oh no, they're going to talk about brains, uh-oh. Um, <laughs> it's okay, my frontal cortex just formed. I'm 26. It's, well, yes. Yeah. It just finished, like, yeah, developing. Yeah, really smart. Look yeah, at look at you. Mm -hmm. All of that operational functions going on. So, uh, what they found when looking at trans brains is trans brains, uh, there's two things we can look at. We can look at um, functionality, mm. um, and we can look at structural. So structural characteristics of trans brains match the gender that they identify as. So despite being born in bodies that are typically gendered as cis, right, mm -hmm. that, are, that are assumed cis, what we're seeing are that trans brains match the gender that they identify as. I remember hearing this mm -hmm. when I was like in my early 20s mm -hmm. and I got like an overwhelming sense of like 
fear of gender dysphoria because I was like, what if I go get a CAT scan and I have a, like a woman brain? I was like, no, I was like, I don't know. You know, like, what if they're like, no girl, it's not happening. I was so scared. I was like, this can never happen to me. Like, <laughs> you, you come back diagnosed as a liar. As a liar, deceptive. Yeah. Oh. Are you the drama? <laughs> I think I'm the drama. Are you the drama? So um, not only uh, do we see these structural characteristics though that match the gender that trans people identify as. Yes, um, hallelujah. There are also functional similarities uh, that match. So what we have are like, there are MRI studies uh, which take pictures of people's brains as they perform tasks and show that the brain activity of trans people looks like the gender they identify with. Research in these areas is very, very limited. There's not a lot that we have, but what we're seeing is like everything operating. Uh, somebody once said, this is a great way to say, is like sex is what's between your legs and gender is what's between your ears. I've never heard that before. I'm just kidding. That's, I've heard that right, a lot many of people, times. Yeah. Yes, uh, many the times. other thing is uh, people will say sexual orientation is who you go to bed with. Gender is who you go to bed as. Yep. Um, Cause there's a lot of people that want to like make a lot of assumptions about a lot of people. I remember when Caitlyn Jenner came out and they were like, so is she gonna date men? And it was like- And she did for a bit. <laughs> I think she has, but like- Well, I think she just wanted to go to heaven, you know? I mean, <laughs> so. good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Um, but she, uh, yeah. And so like, I remember having to have like a conversation at work about like, have you ever heard of lesbians? Like- The difference between gender and sex. Yeah, who, who you are and who you sleep with don't, like it was such this like very cis hat like thing that it was like, well, okay, she must just be like the most binary, which means now her sexual orientation is what's been strange the yeah. whole time or whatever. It was so bizarre. Yeah. Um, as somebody who has very much separated these two concepts. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and I mean, as you were talking at the, the you know, in the beginning of the podcast, uh, you know, your LGB and T, right? Like, mm -hmm. these things don't have to be static, but also, just because you're figuring it out doesn't mean you're confused. Yeah, and sometimes they go hand in hand. Like, you know, for me, I was very affirmed in my gender without being, being able to have the language for that by dating girls and right. being a masculine girl because I live in a world where guys date girls. So yes. when I was dating girls, I felt more like me yeah. because I didn't know I was a guy. Daddy vibes. If I was dating boys, yes. I would feel so uncomfortable because yeah. I would date boys that want to date girls. Right. You see what I'm saying? Oh, so I see what you're saying. It was, you know, but we figured it out. By the grace of God, we're here. So Well, and, you know, and all of this is to say, like, it's this kind of funny sort of thing mm -hmm. where, you know, you and I very early in our friendship um, you know, you were newly come out as gay, as yeah. a gay man, and my primarily cis gay male friends, we use she, her pronouns with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and you now being part of that group, I remember you and I having a conversation that I laugh about all the time where I was like, okay, hey, so... I don't want to like misgender you, but also it feels more misgendering to not include you in this space of like mm -hmm. using she, her pronouns, calling you bitch, calling you like girl, yeah. when that is how I speak to all of my other gay friends. And we, I like checked in, I was like, thoughts on this? And you were like, oh yeah, work. Like, that's weird, you're right. And yeah. like, and you and I will use she, her pronouns with one another. But again, it is, I, and, I, and I'm naming this for the folks listening to say that like, Pronouns are not gender. The reason what pronouns do is they let you feel affirmed, right? They, they show you that the person who you're talking to sees you, respects you. Um, and then once you sort of know someone well enough to feel seen and respected, right? It's not actually about the pronoun itself. Use people's pronouns. 
use people's pronouns. This is not me saying like, go no, run around misgendering you're people. You're gay culture. You know? gay so, culture. I mean, and that's the thing too, where I, I've been in spaces before where someone will be like, oh my God, yes, girl. And then they will break the fourth wall and they'll be like, <laughs> oh, I didn't, well, you know what I meant? Well, I meant in, in, in a gay way. And I'm like, girl, I fucking knew. I thought you really saw me. And now I realize you just don't. Right. And it's like, Oh no, like call me girl, like just treat me like like me. Like yeah. I'm just I'm here because in that moment it feels like you see my calling trauma. you girl you and calling you a girl it's, is not the same thing. It's so different. It's right. like no, just like just chill. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, just please chill. Just please chill. Just please chill. Just please chill. See me as person. Yeah. Not it's like you as... got it. You saw me for a second. I know you did. And then you're like, then you get <gasps> real othered. You like, you know, had the flash of like the long hair photo, and you're like, oh. I've upset you. And it's like, please shut up. (laughs) Please, girl. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. It's real. Well, we solved gender today. I really think, like, if Hillary Swank couldn't do it, I think you and I did it. I think we did Did do it. I think we did do it. Uh, Miles, where can people find you? Oh, my God. Too many places. The Abbey, every Saturday night. The No. um, So you can find me on social media platforms, Miles Chronicles on YouTube, at the Miles McKenna, everywhere else. And yeah, this has been so much fun. This has fun. been so much fun. This has been, no, it's been so much no, fun. No, it's actually been really no, fun. Babe, stop. Babe. Uh, this has been super wonderful. Thank you so much. I definitely think we should have you back again to talk about some trans joy at some point, because maybe if there's any of that one, if there is any of that joanna you better be real scared right now hopefully that by 2023 security? they have discovered trans joy uh <laughs> hopefully by then um but yeah so you can also um please rate us review us subscribe follow us at real psych on instagram um next week our gorgeous illustrious co-host joanna will be returned Ooh. from afar and We love you. Please tell a friend and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.